Hi, I'm Dawn Shireen, and this is my podcast, Dancing with Bipolar. Well, today we have a special guest, Tracy Maxfield, Tracy Maxfield, author of Escaping the Rabbit Hole, My Journey Through Depression. Tracy has been a nurse for 37 years. Uh, she is surf- certified in gerontology and dementia care, and has been a regular guest on Hope for the Caregiver with Peter Rosenberger. She's a Purple Angel Dementia Ambassador for the Okanagan BC Chapter and NASCA Ambassador for BC Canada. Um, Tracy and I will be discussing. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you. Very nice to have you join me tonight. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Well, you're very welcome. So um, I did your intro prior to actually coming on to the podcast. So people know that, um, you know, you're a nurse and, um, and what we're going to be talking about, kind of. Um, so they know we're going to be focusing on bullying and suicide and depression and anxiety. So how's that sound to you? Okay. Sounds good. Awesome. So um, let's discuss, let's talk about your book a little bit first here, Escaping the Rabbit Hole, My Journey Through Depression. Um, we're going to touch that really quick because I have a lot of questions. Um, first of all, this is a book about adult bullying, basically, and what happened to you due to being victimized. Okay, so sorry. Could you repeat that again? I just okay. another message came through of a person I was trying to tell. I'm on a podcast. <laughs> I got gotcha. okay. I was going to say your your book is basically about adult being bullied as an adult so a bolt yes and then what the after effects are of that after a continual period of time of having been bullied absolutely yes okay had you ever been bullied as a kid and that brought up stuff or was this like the first experience you had in being um you know harassed well i was bullied as a child um and and my brother was bullied as a child and that was difficult enough, but because of the childhood abuse that I was also going through. Um, but I must be honest, um, being bullied as an adult um, was very, very different. Um, in that I think that, you know, as adults, we think that we're able to handle it and that it shouldn't happen to us and that we should be able to deal with it. And it really is, um, it's it's power and control. And it's very, very difficult. And, and because it lasted for four and a half years and just got worse and worse and worse, um, when I look back, um, you know, to 2011 when it started, right through to 2015, when I had my, quote, acute depressive episode related to that, um, and everything that happened lead in the six months leading up to the fall down the rabbit hole, um, I look at it and think, God, how did it not happen? It, it was, you know, everything that was happening to me was screaming, girl, you're in trouble. <laughs> well, in the book, you don't actually get into um, the incident, the, the one direct incident. Is there litigation on that? Is that why you didn't get into it or... Was it just too much? Um, I didn't get into it. I very briefly touched on it just because at that time when I wrote the book, um, because I was on a medical disability, I was still classified as an employee. Okay. 
Um, but certainly um, I am no longer. And um, I have discussed in, in previous podcasts, I have gone into more detail about that final meeting, which kind of plummet, you know, where I plummeted down the rabbit hole. Well, do you want to touch on it briefly here? Because I am, I am interested having also been bullied as an adult in a workplace situation, um, which caused me to receive full disability and never be able to return to work. Um, so I was just curious what, what actually was the straw that broke your back, so to speak? So, um, Six weeks prior to this meeting on August 20th, 2015, um, was my was my first meeting where um, I was accused of doing things which were completely untrue. I was accused of doing things that would make my my superior, who was my bully, look bad in everyone else's eyes. And it was completely untrue. Um, and even though I tried to defend myself, um, you could tell because of all the history that had led to this, that I was fighting a losing battle. And so when I that meeting concluded, um, it was decided that they were going to investigate my claims more fully to determine because I was adamant that it was everything was a complete lie and it had been fabricated to kind of set me up. And so yep. that was the, that was the plan. And the meeting had been on the Thursday. Um, when I had, when I returned to work on the Friday, I was still in a, in a state of shock because that meeting had been very unpleasant. And when you're subjected to nothing but a barrage of lies and false <laughs> allegations, right? Yep. You, yep. You, yeah. You just feel like, I, I felt like I was on a different planet. I, yeah. I just went through automatic pilot when I was at work that day. And then towards the end of the afternoon, I was called into the office um, without union representation and told that I would not be returning to work on the Monday, that I was in fact being moved to another location and that I was, quote unquote, going to be doing project work. I was not allowed to say goodbye to my team. I was not allowed to talk to anyone. I was told to get my things and that I would be going to another location on the Monday and just completely knocked me sideways. Did not see it coming, couldn't understand why. Um, when I went to the work on the Monday, they had completely ostracized me. I was put in an office with no windows, just a door. It was away from everyone else in a separate part of the building. There was not a solitary person around. So and they, they gaslighted yeah. you in a way. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then when I went, when I turned on my computer, I had been cut off from all email. Oh my God. So I was completely cut off from everything. When I then phoned, to talk to my team, I was told I was to have no contact with them. And similarly, they had been told that um, they would be disciplined if they initiated contact with me. Wow. And so um, in Britain, it's called being sent to Coventry, where basically you're, you're sent off on your own to a little cell and you're ignored and isolated. Um, and of course, I wasn't going to take it lying down. And so I um, went higher up the chain 
And I actually um, was able to connect with an upper manager who had no idea of everything that had transpired over the over the four and a half years, but also what had transpired in the weeks leading up to this move and was extremely angry and upset and said, I'm not losing you. You were going back to your position, period. I'll take care of this. And that was on the Tuesday. So this is now, I've been in this project work uh, six weeks. It was on the Tuesday. Um, I was to meet with him again on the Friday. And shortly after the meeting that I had with him, I received an email summoning me to a meeting with my superior. And the union rep, you know, contacted and said, no, we need to defer this. And what had happened was she had accessed my email account and seen that I had a meeting with this senior manager who incidentally was her boss. And so she wanted to try and jump in and get ahead of the game. We we refused um, and contacted this upper manager who then followed up with her. And then I was told that I had to show up at a meeting on the Thursday. Um, otherwise, I would be let go immediately. And when we contacted the upper manager, uh, he said, no, 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 it's all good. You just need to go to the meeting. Um, everything is being sorted out for you to return to your to your job. Uh, but I knew I, my gut, you know, women's instinct. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. My, yeah, my gut told me this was going to be bad. Oh, um, we actually called in an upper union person from another city to be present because I, I just knew I had to be um, ready. Yeah, on guard is what I would say. You have to be on yes, guard. Yes, yeah. yes. And so the meeting took place on the Thursday. And it was funny. I had just read a book by Carolyn Miss the evening before. And in it, she kept emphasizing, um, stand in your own power. Do not lose your power. Do not give them your power. And so I wrote on a notebook, stand in your own power. And I sat there and it was one and a half hours of absolutely horrific, disgusting, appalling emotional abuse. Allegations, accusations. She dredged up my past. She dredged up my divorce. Personal information that was not even relevant to anything that had happened. Yeah. Yeah. It was an absolute character assassination. And all I did was I just doodled on my page and I drew flowers around standing your own power. And I thought, don't react, don't scream, don't shout, don't cry, don't do anything. And I would just and I I would look at her at intervals and say that is completely untrue. That is completely untrue. That is a lie. And we called a number of breaks where I went out with the union reps and they were like, this is terrible. They, they were like, they've like, we've never seen anything like this. What do you want to do? And I said, she needs to say her piece because um, otherwise, you know what? Let's just go back in. Just say, okay, tell us what is needed for Tracy to return to her work on Monday. 
And so we went back in and they said, let's, right, okay, we understand you have personal issues, but this really is completely irrelevant to why this meeting was called. What does Tracy need to do to return to work on Monday? And she opened a dossier and she goes, I've not finished yet. And I know, and she looked at me and said, I want to let you know, I spoke to everyone, everyone in the hospital. Do you know how many thousands work there? Right. That's like a, that's uh, a good, yeah. yeah. And, and she said, Every, everyone hates you and everyone is, yeah, everyone is so happy that you're no longer there. Oh, you know that now, was not true. It, oh, absolutely not true. Absolutely not true. And we called for her to give us examples and she wouldn't. She just went on to something else. And it was just pure character assassination. But at the, um, and so we got to the very end and I said, um, I have another appointment. I am now leaving. And she goes, um, when you show up for work on Monday, I expect this, 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 and this, and there will be this, and you will need this. And it was like, you know, when you're sitting there and you know that you're doomed, yep. that if that that if you <laughs> that if you dare to show up, it will be so so horrendous, right? And so um, we said, fine, um, we'll follow up. We walked out of the meeting. I that only then did I burst into tears um, and I looked at the two new union reps and they said, you can never, ever, ever work with her again. You, you're, she, she, you've marked, you're marked. They said she will, she will do anything and everything now to you. Like there's no holds barred. And they said, you know, we have to follow up with our, you with the union heads because we've never, ever in all their 20 years of dealing with it they said they've never dealt with anything like that before and they didn't know what to do they were so absolutely stunned and I went home I actually finished my work and I went home and I was just you can imagine right I was in an absolute yeah disassociated uh, probably right right oh yeah it was like I was in such a such a state of shock I didn't, I couldn't even think properly. I couldn't stop crying. I I couldn't, I couldn't even see there was a, there was a possibility of anything. And so I, and I I had no appetite, nothing. I ended up just so exhausted. I crawled into bed and I didn't really sleep well because you'd wake up and then you'd suddenly realize it really happened. Like, wow, my life has changed. Yeah. And, and that was it when I you know, it was like seven o'clock in the morning, the Friday morning. I woke up. I was like, oh, my God. OK, just get out of bed. And I couldn't move. And that's I actually honestly thought I'd had a stroke. I could not move. And when I finally did move, I was in so much pain and I felt so heavy. And in the book, I said I felt like someone had come and encased me in cement during the night. And when I got up to walk, I couldn't. I actually fell to the floor and I was crawling. And I thought, oh, my God, what the hell has happened to me? And even then, I did not realize I'd had a nervous breakdown. Because because it it, I I felt the pain and the hopelessness and the sadness. But it was the physical effects as well. I, I couldn't understand. I thought something else was wrong with me. And 
I just, how I got through the day, I don't know. But of course, then the following day, I attempted suicide. And that's when I knew I was in deep trouble. Yes. Yeah, that's a sure sign that there's something really wrong when you're considering taking your own life. Yeah. It's like, I'm not laughing at it because it's funny. I'm laughing at it because I understand it completely. Oh, yes. You know? You're just, it's just completely done and it's like there's no other options at, at, at that moment yeah yeah it felt like my entire life had been erased no, everything good everything bad you were no longer existence the traces oh. i had existed five days prior to that day was she was oh. obliterated even uh, uh, and i i say to people today the person i was before i fell down the rabbit hole is gone yeah, she's gone you know, the little characteristics and the sense of humor and the little idiosyncrasies are still with you. But the person I was um, has gone. And I emerged a better person, a different person. But obviously, it took a lot of work. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, because it, 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 it decimates your soul. And um, I think when I hear people talking about adult bullying and kind of poo-pooing it and saying, you know, grow a pair or get a backbone. And it's like, no, you you don't understand the maliciousness and the depths of nastiness yep. and, and vengeance that adult bullies can go to. And because they're usually in a position of power, they're dangling that, you know, I can make you homeless. I can make you penniless. You can lose this job and never work again, right? They tarnish your reputation. It's it's absolutely horrific. And, you know, there's been so many people that have actually died by suicide because of what they went through in organizations like this, where they, you know, you're treated like an animal carcass, really, for want of a better word. There's, there's, there's no human element in it at all. Yeah, no, there's not, especially when it gets to that point where it's just like the person has gotten that much, um, that much time to build their case against you and that much time to like, I mean, this person sounds really like, like, just totally vengeful. Like, oh, I don't know, like, if you had a, a pretty shirt, prettier shirt on than her or something one day, and she just took that, like, as you were it, that was it, you were just done, you were, she was going to take you out one way or the other. I mean, and you know what the shame is, is that I was, I then found out that I was number eight of 12 in, in her list of victims. Oh, my gosh. I was yes. going to ask. She had a yes. history of this. Yes, yeah. yes. And every single person that she went for were those that were very confident and very competent and strong in their abilities. And she systematically annihilated them one by one. And I was number eight. And my challenge was that I was so outspoken, I wasn't going to take it lying down. So I filed a grievance against her. And I was the very first person to do that. But unfortunately, what that did was it sealed my fate. With her, absolutely. Yeah. Right. And and, I mean, the sad thing is, was that even after what she did to me and all the complaints I lodged in the investigations and the grievance, nothing was done. She then proceeded to go after more nurses until victim number 12 
was the one where everyone suddenly sat up and thought, now we need to deal with it. Why was that one victim so much different than everybody because, else? Because because it, it she actually went for she actually went for someone in a in a position higher than her, and it was a man. Uh, there you go. Right? right. I mean, that's how confident and self assured she became that she enlisted the help of others who were in equal positions as her with the plan to topple this one person not realizing that this one person actually, when he realized what she was doing, kind of gave everyone else an ultimatum and that was it. She was dealt with. But it it was sad that it got to that, even though there had been so many other incidents that they were all aware of. I mean, that's a lot of people. For, and yes. It was all in the same facility and within the yes. same... No same organi- same organization. That's crazy. That is so. Did, now, did, did you ever touch base with any of the uh, other car, other victims? And uh, yes, I just wonder. Did anybody actually commit suicide? No, most of them actually moved moved on and left the actual organization and got positions elsewhere. But nobody else fell into like this. Oh no! Of- oh yes, yes, many of them. Um, many of some of them are still actually on dis, on medical leave right now. Disability. Yeah, I mean that's I, it, that should be illegal. I mean, honest to God, that should be like a criminal. Well, it, it may be now, right? It might. Yes. It is now. It, and you know, and that's that's the challenge is that you know once you succeed with one, you move on to two and three, and then it it becomes almost second nature to you, right? And every time you would, you know, you move to a different position, you seek out the person that you need to take out because everyone they take out, they see as a threat when the reality is you're not a threat. I was never a threat. In anything that, that she would have wanted to have known that you knew in your knowledge of nursing, you would have more than likely have shared with her and been like, let me show you or let me teach you. And, oh, ab- right? absolutely. Absolutely. And that's that was the challenge. But it's like, no. Nope not even an option. And, you know, that's why uh, my experience, as I said, changed me and then led me into what I'm doing with kids because I thought, oh, my goodness, if that's how, you know, it affected me, how are some of these kids supposed to manage? Because we know now that even childhood bullying, right, has taken on a, a completely different role than it ever used to. Oh, yeah, it was online now. I mean, well, you know, can't ab- escape it, you know, absolutely. And so, you know, kids, they're not just getting the person to person bullying, but they're getting the cyber bullying. And it's gone to a whole new level with just the violence and the threats and just what they do to victimize them. And it's that. So that's why it's like, OK, you know what? Um, I've got to, you know. I need to start helping these kids. And so that's why my focus changed more from the adults talk about it, but more to, okay, how can we help our kids? Cause they're, they are actually ending their life by suicide because of it. You know, yeah. it, I just, I just saw, I just read another report today, 10 years old, um, died by suicide last week because of bullying. 10, 10 years old is, is beyond 
horrific like for a child to have to choose that as the only option to me is well we're failing them so much yeah it, that, i mean that i've seen younger than that too and um oh i've seen yes six, six I, i've seen uh, and i mean the fact that they have to even like weigh the odds on this and i mean and like yes can you imagine a 10 year old's head going my parents will be better off without me my because yes. I know. Yeah, it's like it, it's scary. So what? We'll we'll go back to the depression situation here in a little while. But what is it that you do for the kids? Do you have an organization or a, um, a nonprofit or how are you? How are you helping them? So no. So what I've been doing is um, appearing um, on. You know, obviously I have social media posts, but I've been on radio, podcast, TV. Um, I go to community organizations, schools, and I talk about mental illness and suicide and bullying in kids um, for them to understand that they're supported, but to try and educate teachers and parents in, you know, the signs that someone is bullied mental illness, because we also know that kids who have a mental illness are also at an increased risk of being bullied. So, you know, the kind of two go hand in hand. Um, and also, um, I just recently developed an online course, um, eight modules long, which kind of goes through bullying and social media and drugs and mental illness and ACEs and what parents can do helping and listening to their kids. Um, I mean, we, we have, it's a huge problem, right? I mean, society has changed so much that a kid today is actually no longer a kid. They're not even being treated as kids. We're forcing on um, huge expectations and treating them as if they're adults and giving them access to information, which only an adult should have, and expecting them to process and understand it without actually sitting down and explaining things to them. I mean, they, they are seeing things that we never saw. I mean, I'm 56. When I was growing up, I never, I was never exposed to the horrors that these kids see, not only on social media, but when they walk down the road. True. And, and what you know, uh, and it desensitizes yeah. them to such a point that they don't even realize that they should be shocked by some of the stuff that they take for granted. And it's like, what? <laughs> no, absolutely. And I mean, they're actually proven that, um, you know, repeated video game use, which is now classified as an actual addiction and has to be treated, but this con constant exposure has triggered their flight, fight, fight response to such a degree that they're hypervigilant and hyper alert and they have all these inflammatory um, chemicals going right through their body because, you know, the brain and body yep. connection. And also it has desensitized them not only to foul language, but to horrors of guns and drugs and violence and rape. And yeah. Yeah. Awesome. that's, you know... Uh, and in Britain, they just did an article that rite of passage in Britain for teenage boys is gang rape. And they think it's normal. I know. They think it's normal because they see it so much in video games and on social media that they're no longer able to distinguish between what is 
proper behavior and what is completely wrong and illegal. And it's mind boggling. And they, that's, that's like a willing thing. They like willingly go into that. Like, Absolutely. Wow. See, that's like, wow. Wow. Yeah, that's a problem. I, I, I mean, the whole thing is, oh, the, wow, that's a problem. That's a huge. I mean, that is a huge problem. And I mean, I know, yes, parents have a role. And I know that the whole family structure has changed significantly, right? Very rarely do you have two parent families, or you may have same sex families or blended families, or single parent with, you know, a a father that could be incarcerated or someone that's on drugs. And so the whole family dynamic has changed significantly and even education in schools has changed but we've got to we've got to do something because our kids not even understanding you know values as simple as kindness and respect and compassion and understanding and being supportive it, it, everything is all me, 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 right? I want it. I expect it. If you don't give it to me, I'll find a way and I'll get it. Exactly. But the way I look at that too is that like you don't know what you don't know. And if their parents or, or whatever, whoever it is that's um, monitoring them, I guess is a really good way to put it, doesn't know yeah. to teach them that. It's like you don't know what you don't know. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, that's why I think schools have to start looking at this again, because, you know, they've become so focused on curriculums and academics and grades that they're not being taught the core basics of life anymore. I mean, yeah. And Uh, what is it? um, Do unto others like to them, that's. Yes, exactly. I'm going to gang rape you so you could be part of my club, you know, I mean, it's like... and it is. And, you know, they're not teaching them appropriate social skills and what is what is inappropriate behavior. I mean, it's this there's so much confusion about bullying because bullying has also changed right now. You know, there's a thin line between what is classified before as just teasing to what is now considered bullying. And unless you're actually sitting down with these kids and explaining to them, actually, that is not right. You should not be doing that. Then again, how are we expecting them to learn and to change? Exactly. Exactly. So, um, and your so this eight modules that you have, does that bring into this for the parents to know what to do to, to start to? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, it discusses it, you know, all the different things. It discusses signs and symptoms. What What's the next steps? What you need to do? And then I always end with, so what can you do as a teacher, as a parent, as a family member? What can you do to help your kids and everything? You know, it seems like there's the same theme I keep saying. It's you got to be there. you got to listen to them. You can't judge them. You, you know, you got to develop a trust in relationship. You got to show love. You know, it's it's all the same thing. Is which is the core principles of human nature, right? I mean, we all want to be loved and we all want to belong, and yeah, we, I, we've um, lost sight of all the those essential elements of kindness and compassion and understanding. And what I find ironic is. You know, when you see 
maybe a 16-year-old boy who's been helping a 13-year-old student in school with Down syndrome for years and years and years and how and helped him navigate. And all of a sudden, it's a new story because it's kindness. And it's wonderful. And I'm glad they do it. But isn't it a shame? It's not normal um, anymore to do that. It's right. It should. Exactly. It should be normal practice, and we're highlighting it as something that is completely strange and a one-off. And I, to me, that is so very sad and disappointing because it shouldn't be. It should be all, you know, every kid in school should be shown, you know, key values and kindness and social skills and how to you know, link with their peers and elders and members of the community. And we've lost all that with our, you know, with our craving for privacy. And I don't want to bother with anybody else's business. And I just want for me, 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 I want to be better and bigger and, you know, than anybody else. And we've lost sight of all that's going on around us. That's true. I mean, that's not just the kids. That's the adults on top. Oh, that's the that's the that's the adults as well. And it's hard, right? I mean, if you have if you have parents that compare themselves to the Joneses and want to have the better house, the better garden, the better car um, and believe everybody else's lives are better than them, then what are you what are you showing? What lessons are you actually showing your children? Exactly. That you don't that even you as their parent doesn't feel good enough. And that you're yeah. chasing after somebody else. And that if you don't think your parents feel good enough about themselves, then what is that going to take on to you that, you know, I mean, I, oh. yeah, you're going to feel just as worthless or, or, you know, I don't know if that's the right word, but worthless work. Well, you do, right? You feel worthless and helpless. And that there's that, you know, well, why am I bothering? Well, you know, nothing. Uh, it's, yeah, I mean, and. The thing with kids as well is that, I mean, I've spoken to lots of them since I've been doing this. And they've what many of them have said is that they don't believe that there is a future for them. They don't believe there is going to be a, a world that is going to welcome them. Because if it's not going to be the global effects and the global warming, it's the potential of war and nuclear war. And then it's, you know, there's riots and there's so much criminal activity and human trafficking and drugs. And, you know, they're saying, they're saying to me, well, you can't guarantee I have a future. So why can't I just do my own thing and enjoy my life? Because I may not have 10 years. And to me, that that is so sad that we've, that we've taken away hope that's what we we've actually taken away hope for them that's so bleak i didn't i hang around with a Isn't lot it? Of kids. i know like, i hang around with a lot of kids and they have their darkness about them but i've not ever had a i'm grateful i've not ever had a kid say that to me because i would probably just start to cry right there on the spot and be like but you are the future you are like, it, you have to get your head together and wrap around and, and push it through. and that's i know and this is what i'm trying to the, my message, my message is engage, educate, empower, is that our kids are our future. The more kids that die because of drugs, because of suicide, are our future. They could have been amazing, th- amazing people. And the more we lose, you know, and then the kids that we do have, if we're not helping them, they're going to end up 
incarcerated Mm -hmm. on drugs in gangs or have a, a mental illness that no one recognizes or lets them seek appropriate treatment. So the next thing you know, they end up homeless and they're on the streets trying to figure out their lives. And it's it's like, you know, this it's not fair. We're not even giving them a chance and they haven't even turned 18. Yeah, that's sad. That's so sad. That, I mean, it's a, so sad. What a cycle. I mean, so you, you, yeah, what a cycle. So we've got to, yeah, there's got to, we got to break this. So do you want to, um, do you have an email for your modules? Is that how you do it? Is it a online? So no, so actually, if they just go onto my website, www.tracymaxfield.com, um, and they go on the front page, the course is there, they can click and it gives them information, what it's about, what the modules cover and everything they need to know. Or they can do tracymaxfield.com. Um, I think it's forward slash course. Um, and I mean, on my on my website as well. Right. Mm-hmm. There's I there's so much information. Good. I mean, yeah. there's re- there's resources on bullying and mental illness. There's articles to help the kids and the parents. It's I kind of didn't want it to focus solely on me and the book. I wanted it to be about what I'm doing. Yeah. And so it's kind of like a one-stop shopping, yeah. I call it. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah, everybody has a lot of information on her site, more than I could even um, put down here and explain to you all now. Just go check it out, and uh, while you're at it, order a copy of her book, and um, you'll love it. Actually, you won't love it. It's a really sad book, but she comes out on the other side just okay, so... Um, but I mean, yes. yeah, as far as the- uh, it's, 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 it's a book. Yeah, I wrote it to help those living with depression or mental illness to understand that they're not alone and that th- they can move forward yeah. over time. And it takes work, as you know. Right. I mean, this is not mm-hmm. this is not just you wake up one morning and life is good, but there is hope and there is a future. And when you come out the other side, as you can attest on, you come out a different person, but you come out a better person. I think you have more, more compassion and more insight and understanding and also appreciation of really what is important in life. That is totally true. So I had my first breakdown at 40 and I just turned my birthday was just a couple of days ago. Yes, a couple of days ago. Happy, happy belated. Yes. And I turned 55 and I'm still in therapy, but that first two years after I had my nervous breakdown, I went through DBT training and um, all kinds of stuff. I mean, that was the work of like Vikings. Some of that stuff I had to yes. do was just, and I didn't get it at the time. And I thought my therapist was just torturing me just because, you know, <laughs> I know, I know. Why do I have to do this? And I get it now. Um, I, I'm not going to lie. I mean, you know, I've had this water issue the past couple of days, my birthday yes. and everything. And I've been kind of falling down my own. I call it an abyss. I fall into a tsunami, what I refer to my darkness as. And uh, yeah. I've been falling into it. I mean, I'm not going to lie. My, my listeners know I, you know, I've been, op- I've been upfront with them about this. Um, but it's like, even after all this time and I have a toolkit that has everything in it that mm-hmm. I need to pull from, you know, and it's all there. And I know it is. It still crosses my mind from time to time when I hit that depression that I could just kill myself, yes. you know? Isn't that, it's like, oh my God, I have it, everything I need to get through this. And I'm still taking, looking at this other option over here going, I could still die, you know? I mean. No, <laughs> I, I hear you. And over Christmas, Christmas is always my bad time because of past past issues. 
And I, I had to take a little sabbatical down the rabbit hole for a few days. And it's, it's very scary because in the midst of, you know, you're feeling like, oh, my God, here we go again. There's that little voice and my voice, you know, is my companion, DBS, Death by Suicide, who, you know, who um, just said to me, we'll just walk out in the snow and just curl up. Right. Right. My, right. My told me to go walk in front of a snowplow. Right. And 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 the thing is, is that, you know, the voice is so calm and rational and yeah. Yeah. And all of a sudden you have to just take that step and try and reframe it. And that, you know, you pull on everything that you've been taught and all that you've learned. But it is. And I think that's that's what I keep emphasizing to everyone is that. It doesn't miraculously go away. It becomes a part of you and you have to you have to allow it to become a part of you. You just don't allow it to define you. But but you will have times where there's a lot of life stresses going on. And all of a sudden it's like there he is. He's back in the room again with you. And he's telling you now it's time to go. And you've got to pull on everything and go. Hell no. You know, and it's exhausting, but the, yeah. it, oh my god, yes, yes, but but then you do move forward, and then you know you have that hope and the possibility, and and you keep going, and life is good. But I mean, it's human nature. We are faced with crises and stresses all the time, and you know, it's it's just pulling on our strengths and our coping strategies and saying, okay, I've got to go down the abyss or down the rabbit hole for a couple of days and think this out yep. and take a rest. And then I'll come back and I'll try one, two, three. And yes, it is. It, I mean, mental disorder is horrible. It's cruel. But, you know, some like we all have it and this is this is what's you know i'm trying to get through to people they say it's what is it it's one in four adults no i i think with the with the new statistics it's going to be one in two or one in three i think it's i think it's everybody i really think everybody's got something going you know there, there is there is no new normal anymore and the more we're bombarded with things about how our world is changing and it's negatively the very rarely do we ever report any upbeat positive news. Um, it takes a drain on you and you have to be a very, very strong person not to let it yep. affect you. Very, it has to. Very, it has yeah, to. Very strong or very narcissistic. One or the other. I was go I was going to say it's it's the narcissistic or and it's the sociopath or the psychopath, right? It's like whatever you know but even narcissistics inherently feel very inferior I, that's, that was a video I my YouTube for uh, February that I just recorded um, yeah they're not they're not as bold as they make out but it, it is I mean and the fact is because we're seeing all these changes in the world and there's a lot of fear that now is the time where we need to start pulling back to being a community yeah and right, and supporting one another, not distancing ourselves and locking the door and saying it's not my problem. Because I hate to tell you, everyone, it is your problem. It's on your doorstep. And if you're locking your doorstep on the other side of it because you feel that you're not of value to society, 
that's just as backwards. You're, you're as valuable as yes. else. Unlock the door and if you need help. Um, I have tons of resources on my um, dancingwithbipolar.com site. And um, I think Tracy has some as well. On hers. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you need help, I have international numbers. I have international. Um, Me too. Yeah. Every single, every single number in the world. Yeah. If you need help, don't lock yourself away. Go get help. But if you're the one who's victimizing people, knock the shit off, man. It's stupid. Don't need it. You know? Not that I hope. No, absolutely. Absolutely. are like the bully, but you never know. Or they could have a bully. If you have somebody, you know, bullying people in your life, uh, kid or adult, just tell them to stop it, man. It's unnecessary. It's just, they're not, they're, all they're getting out of it is a power trip. And the next thing you know, they're going to be pulling their power trip on you and you're going to be the next victim. So. If you can, just stop it right where it starts. You have the ability to do that. Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, I always say, right, there's a reason behind every behavior. People that are bullied, I get it. I get the fact that they've been bullied and that, um, I mean, I get the generational thing on that. I honestly do. But still, somebody, you got to break that chain. Somebody's got to. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, if kids are bullying, then you need to see what's going on in their lives that's making them do this. If adults are bullying, you, there's got to be accountability. There's got to be accountability. You know, it's like, yeah. no. The criminality of the bullying, it, there's got to be, I know there's cyberbullying laws and stuff now, but I mean, this is just brand new. Um, and a lot of people are afraid to admit they're being bullied because it makes them feel weak. But people, oh, the, yeah. absolutely, yes. But what people don't understand nowadays is we're not talking about the, you know the playground bully who pulls no hair, who pulls your hair and gives you you know pants you or we're talking about people yeah. who are online making uh, sites about you that are untrue, yes. um, pulling uh, photo photoshopping stuff who look like yeah not yeah. you, um, total gaslighting at jobs and your family and lying to people in such a way that they actually believe it. And when you go to tell them that it's not true, they think you're crazy. This is what we're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, we've become a nation where gaslighting has become the new norm. It's crazy. And it is scary. There's a whole other genre that we're not going to get into tonight, but I'm going to have you on again because um, we've almost. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We'll come on again and talk about depression more around like um, National Depression Day. I'm sure there is a National Depression yes. Day. Um, yes, there is in October. October. Yeah. <laughs> it was this year. Um, but um, yeah, there's a whole society of people now who are considered targeted individuals. And we're not going to get into the whole the psychology of that because I'm still kind of on edge about it. But um, where they feel like they have been picked by government or society or um, uh-huh. institutions in order to get uh-huh. them railroad their lives and totally destroy them because they have knowledge or something that they want shut down. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I, I've had my moments um, of feeling that, like, especially when the stuff was going on for like eight like I've literally been like bullied my whole life, but like there's this past spell for like four years solid where cops were involved, everybody was involved and everybody was complicit. And it was just, Oh yes. You know? And it's just like, wow, what do I do? You know? (laughs) Absolutely. And that's the problem is, I mean, and this is the same with kids, right? It's be a bystander or an upstander well if you're not doing anything you're just as bad as the bully yep exactly exactly i if not if not worse right and so it's like you know what yes 
time to take a stand people really it is it really is time to take a stand because like we just mentioned it isn't a generational and if they see it from you and they bring it to school you don't know what their their who their victim is you don't know what it is doing to them you don't know what your victim's family is going through and exactly it, it's it, this is part we need you're right we need to heal this this is all part of the love hate continuum that i talk about and we need to go way more on the love side of this if you see somebody being bullied step in i mean not if you're going to take a, a punch but step in make a phone call um you know just absolutely you know, even even just lead the person away and take them somewhere to a safe spot if you don't want to engage in any anything verbal just take the person away to a safe spot and talk with them the, any there's so many things that can be done and, you know, I think we need to stop judging. We make a hell of a lot of judgment calls and assumptions based on no information. True. That is true. Do, you know, show your, show your integrity and be respectful of one another and help fellow man. Yes, integrity. That's a word that a lot of people In, don't know what it means either anymore. No. But I live a life. No. Yeah. Integrity. Yes. Okay. I, uh, it's a key it's a key word for me integrity stand true to who you are and to your values and show them to your kids so they get it so they can be you know adults who um, will make a positive difference in the world exactly. and there's lots of them out there there are loads of them out there and lots of listening to, to your show but yes start it is right yep. it's Start being kind. The the key the the word for twenty twenty I think I saw on someone's Facebook post is let's be kind. Yeah, I saw that too, and I it was kind of funny because if you listen to any of my past shows, like that's been a theme running through it is uh you know just just be kind. Like you don't have to like people, you don't have to be like no, you don't have to make them dinner, but gosh, start no. don't slam the door in their face, and if you could possibly do anything to make their day just a tiny bit better do it it's not going to hurt you exactly you could because because for all you know that person could be in so much pain or that person could be deciding that they're going to go home and put put a gun to their head just be kind you're not you're not they're not becoming part of your family they're not moving into your home just just you know just say hello just smile just hold open a door help with groceries just be not just be kind stuff if they drop something and they're be in there you're behind them in line and they drop something pick it up and give it to them exactly <laughs> i know i know it, it it's it's manners it's it's just called manners but yeah i think that's that's the portion i think there's lots of people that are starting to think on those lines because a year ago on my post, my my mantra is, and I haven't updated it for 2020, was sprinkle kindness everywhere. There you go. And I think, you know, we've, it, that we have to continue. We have to continue. Yeah. I think that's, that's the only way we're going to start getting out of this. I agree with you. And I think some of us who, like, you know, like, I try, I try to do it all the time. Everywhere I go, I try to affect positive change. And everything I do, even at Walmart, I try to affect positive change. Um, yeah. If we could just all do that, you know, just be very, you know, there's a mindful quality to it. And a lot of people don't understand what mindfulness is and know it's not all exactly. Tai, it's not all Tai Chi and yoga. And no, karma, no. The Karma Sutra, if you're lucky. Um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's, it's more about just 
being aware of your surroundings and what it is that's happening around you. And if you can in you know, that moment, in that yes. Moment, you know, so if somebody, if you see a dog running by you with his leash dragging behind him, pick up the leash. There's sure to be a kid behind it trying to grab their dog. That is what mindfulness is about. Yes, Abs- no, absolutely. I completely agree. And it, the thing is, is that one small, one small act of kindness can save a life but can lead to another act of kindness exactly. and kindness kindness can be contagious when you when you see the positive effects exactly no it's a, it can just definitely become a, a domino effect when um I, yes and i live in a trailer park and i tried this experiment like last year where i was having a real issue with one of my neighbors and i was just like somebody's going to change this and it's going to be me and i flipped the script on them I'm telling you, within a week, people were borrowing sugar from each other. The kids were all playing together. We yeah. Created, and I mean, this was in a neighborhood where we didn't know each other's last, you know, first names. We knew what we, you know, the car you drive. We might know. Yeah. We might know which kid belongs. But other than that, we didn't know anything. Within a week, I had changed. Uh, I can't say I changed it. The environment in here changed. And but you influence. You influence change, and that and that is that first step. And that's awesome. And that's what we need to do more. You know, be be a leader, not a follower. Exactly. You know, and people be be that person that reaches out. Be someone. Be that someone. Don't be that nobody. Yes. Be someone in your life. Ab- so absolutely. Uh, well, we've gone we've gone a minute here. Um, I'm definitely gonna have you back on because I want to touch the depression part of it. But um, of course, for the beginning of the year, I think hitting on the bullying um, and how to. I think it's key. I, you know, be kind. Don't yes, be absolutely. Be mindful. And um, yes. are there any other uh, detail you want to drop? Um, a new book coming out or anything like that? Or no, 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 no new book coming out. Everyone keeps bugging me, and I said not quite yet. Um, no, just um, of course every week is my blog post and my YouTube videos, which cover mental illness, suicide, bullying in children and teenagers, and of course um, there'll be more promotion of my course this year. Um, and it's yeah, my work will continue. Um, speaking engagements. I'm, I'm heading to Dallas in April to a. a lots of the schools there to talk about bullying and what they need to do because they've gone through some many episodes of bully side lately and so it's you know what they can do not only for the kids but what the kids can do to help empower themselves as well amazing yeah bully side actually on anchor alone if you listen to the podcast i get to use music everywhere else it's like no 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 music but uh, the intro song to this is called Bully Side tonight. So you might want to listen to it on Anchor when you can listen to the replay on this. Perfect. So, um, yeah, what a great interview. This went um, in so many different directions. I, we totally avoided the rabbit hole on this, so we were in the gopher hole this time. <laughs> 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 wow, it's been an enjoyment. This has been a really great interview, Tracy. Um, really good thank you so much i really enjoyed it thank you and um yeah i'll be in touch with you we'll get back together again more about the depression and um you have an amazing night thank you so much you too i will talk to you later okay bye 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 so wow huh that totally went in a direction that i wasn't expecting it to but um i'm really grateful it did go in that direction because it's obviously something that needs to be addressed and is really important for each of us to do our part to stop, which is bullying. Um, it's not funny and it's not cool. And if you've ever been the victim, you know how distressing it can be. Um, 
I totally, when I have Tracy on again, we'll talk more about how her depression, um, how her depression took her down the rabbit hole as she refers to it. Um, her depression was a little bit different than my depression and, you know, is all situational. But um, the bullying, okay, so it might have been two different companies, two different times, two different, you know, ways of going, about, well, actually not two different ways of going about it. There's very similar ways to go about bullying somebody into losing their job and losing their lives. Um, those are the kind of things that we don't really need to be playing around with. None of us are God, and none of us have the right to affect anybody else's life except in a positive way. When you start injuring people so badly that they want to commit suicide because of your bullying, you know it's gone too far. It should be criminalized. I completely will forever think it should be criminalized. Um, nobody knows the amount of people that we have lost due to this kind of bullying. How many people have just, you know, gone and had a, you know, just died and not people not picked up on the fact that it was actually a suicide um, you know just one of those like overnight deaths which nobody can explain and there's no need for an autopsy because the person wasn't on drugs and there's no need for this or that to actually figure out what happened they're just gone um, and you can be gone too if you're still alive you can affect somebody so badly mentally that they there's no coming back there's no coming back from some of this stuff and it's just not right and as my audience I um, I'm going to put forth on you that, you know, we do what Tracy says and we just be kind and we just be generous with our time and we do the right thing, right? Do the right thing. Make it right. We all have an opportunity to make it right. And so why don't we go ahead and start affecting our little areas of the world and see what happens? You know, it's got to start somewhere. So how about it start within your family? You got something going on with somebody in your family. You got a beef. You're bullying somebody in your family. You got something going on? How about you just all start right there, right within your own family unit, and see what kindness can do to change that. Now, I'm not telling you to go and hang out with your molester, or I'm not telling you to go hang out with somebody who's done you grave injury, okay? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about these stupid quabbles at the supper table in which people hold grudges forever. This is the kind of stuff that we can knock out, okay? Now, um... You know, I don't know what else to say about this. Um, it's very poignant what we talked about today. So let's take it into action and do something about it. And yes, I'm doing okay. Okay, I know you're all, you can tell I'm not, like, I'm not perfect. I had a day. I almost didn't do this interview today. I was ready to, um, I was close to postponing it. I didn't wake up feeling well. There's still a lot going on. I'm still not taking my meds right. I'm still kind of just fucking up. But, um, I'm getting there, okay? I promise you I'm not going to do anything stupid and, um, you know, I'm going to get through whatever this is that's going on. Um, and just a little FYI, yeah, Scott texted me, so maybe that has a little bit of something to go on. So, um, yep, there's your little sneak peek for next time, right? Because I'm sure that Scott will be the biggest discussion that I have next time because maybe not. <laughs> I hope not. I hope not. But anyway, just to keep you updated. And um, the other dude is still my hero. Okay, guys, so this is Dawn Shireen, and this is my podcast, Dancing with Bipolar, and um, let's all stay alive, okay? Talk to you later.